everybody. Welcome to Sick Girls Pod. This is a show where we're talking about all things sex in the city. And today we are continuing on our recap of season two of The Carrie Diaries. We're talking about episodes four and five. And I am film critic Rachel Wagner and Jax is here. Yes, and I missed my Rachel. She was <laughs> on the red carpet, South by Southwest. So I haven't, we've texted, but I haven't yeah. seen you in a week. Yeah, it feels longer than that. It really does. <laughs> too too long, too long. But yeah, I was at South by Southwest Film Festival. And that was pretty fun. Got to see some really good films. I got to cover the red carpet for Nat Geo, <laughs> Nat Geo special. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, but yeah, it it was it was a great experience. I was a little bit nervous going going into it because I'd heard all these horror stories about long lines and other things like that. But I had a great time. I didn't have any problems. So yay. <laughs> and you were a pro. I tried my best. <laughs> I can't wait to listen to all the stuff you got from it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. I have, I have a friend editing that one. Uh, and uh, so I, it's going to, cause I wanted it to look really professional. Yeah. So, yeah, well, we're talking about, we're now in the middle of season two. Carrie Diaries, episode four and five. And uh, yeah, it's been kind of interesting season so far. Yeah, there is a lot happening in these two episodes. <laughs> really? Yes. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk a lot about David Weaver and how we feel about him. Uh, but, uh, but the first episode is called Borderline. And this is Carrie Pitches Larissa Profile on New York wonderkind playwright adam weaver but when he proves a difficult yet fascinating interview carrie's job is on the line bennett's rules in his relationship with walt force walt to acknowledge his real feelings carrie and dorrit are surprised to find a common enemy in tom's girlfriend deb's son dylan and meanwhile sebastian seeks comfort in the arms of someone new and I now I know the dad's name. I didn't know. <laughs> Wait, so what weird. is the dad's name? We were just calling Tom. him dad. Tom. I guess his name oh. is Tom. Tom. And I said I said David Weaver. I meant Adam Weaver. They the just referred him as Weaver. Playwright. So yeah, he's the playwright. Yes. Yeah, I written that down wrong. But uh, but yeah, overall, what do you think about this episode? I thought this one was a lot of fun. I mean, I love this downtown theater scene. I I think that um having Carrie meet this playwright is a lot of fun. I also love getting to see New York City. Um, McSworley's is a bar that I've been to with my dad and my sister. And even though my sister oh, yeah. and I don't drink beer, it's an iconic bar. So it, it was really fun for me to get to see the New York nightlife in this. What did you think of mm -hmm. it? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. The, uh, the whole thing with with uh what's his name with the son dylan the whole thing with dylan oh that was a lot i mean you know i know he's supposed to be really annoying but he succeeded I, i'm it was a it was a hard path it's a no for me dog <laughs> on him i was just like oh i'm i'm so uncomfortable yeah it was Ooh. Um, and so what did we think about Weaver in this first episode, at least, uh, that Adam Weaver played by Chris Wood is his name. And he's done some stuff, uh, yeah. since then he's, a uh, 
been on um supergirl i guess he was on 47 episodes of supergirl playing mon l so i don't know who that is related it's obviously related to cat to to kara but anyway that's his big thing um he was also on the vampire diaries uh for 19 episodes so pretty long run yeah there uh, so he's kept pretty busy i think he is extremely charming Oh, beyond. I mean, I didn't think that we could find someone that Carrie has as good of chemistry as she does with Sebastian. Like, I know you and I, Rachel, have both agreed that the back and forth with Sebastian is a lot, but that the two of them have incredible chemistry and Austin Butler is such a good actor and there's like a lot of fun to be had there. But my goodness, he is charming as all get yeah, out. Yeah. And I love this character. I actually spent a lot of the episode being worried that she would do a write-up on him that would hurt him. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that she chose this relationship over the story. And I don't mean the sense like, oh, picking a boy over her career, but it wouldn't have been right to do this to someone, even if she wasn't interested in him romantically. Well, yeah, and it also would be like starting off her career on a sour note, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of when I, I mean, I almost never write negative theater reviews, like really negative. Like I'll have, this could have been better. Like I went, <laughs> I went to a version of Rent last year where pretty much every single singer was off key. Like it was challenging, but I was still, I think, pretty nice <laughs> they were trying their hardest and what are you gonna do but um so I'm pretty nice but it just so happened that the first review that I did for Utah theater bloggers was a play that I hated and I thought was terrible no disrespect to any of the actors it was not about them they did all a fine job uh and I tried to say that in the review but I really disliked this play uh, and uh, and so I was very harsh and I'm just thinking this is such bad luck to start off my theater critic journey on this like really negative but you know it's just one of those ones that well they used the r word a lot talking about this autistic character and also they made it it's one of those stories where they make it seem like having a mental illness makes you scary like you might be attacked, you might, he's dangerous, he's threatening, which I'm not saying that people can't be that way, but anybody, that's true of anybody. And the truth is, is that, is that people on the spectrum are more likely to be victims rather than assaultants. Uh, so I was really offended by that. I just hated the play. <laughs> so yes, I was like, this sounds- is so like unlucky that me who is like 99% of the time going to be like, yeah, well to me it sounds like it was irresponsible storytelling I certainly yeah I I just did not enjoy it it was also like roasting hot this was in a black black box theater and it was (laughs) we're all just like sweating (laughs) like it was so hot I'm like this is just a horrible experience (laughs) but I just felt like it was so unlucky to the the my theater journey me being such a champion of theater local theater that I would start with this play you know <laughs> I feel like, yeah, that's the like same don't with worry you're like I'm gonna like future ones this is just not for me yeah 
And I, I feel like that's the same for Carrie with this, that if she had kind of taken the low road, uh, that it would have just started her whole career off on this kind of sour note that people wouldn't be able to trust her. And um, I don't know, it just wouldn't be a good way for a teenager to start off their career. Yeah. And I, I think that it's so great to see Carrie in a relationship with another writer. I mean, I know that mm-hmm. we talked about this with Berger and while there were many problems with Berger, it was nice to see her having that yeah. banter. That's a good comparison. He is kind of burgerish. Yeah. I would say we'll see how he ends up, but yeah. there are things about him that, that are kind of charming in that way. Yep. For yeah. sure. He also really reminds me of Chris Messina. And yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, especially Mindy, the Mindy project, Chris Messina. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good. he's great. So the other stuff going on with this episode, I thought this episode was a very strong fashion episode. Oh my god, A lot of really good looks. (laughs) Her dress when she goes to see the play. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. And, uh, and then we have Bennett. Uh, He says that he tells Carrie, I will work any angle to get the interview. And so uh, she, uh, she's, you know, kind of struggling with that, but then she goes to see this play and it's taking us all very seriously, seriously. And she starts to laugh. Have you, have you ever had that happen where you just get the giggles? I get church giggles big time. I oh, get, yeah, yeah I, I get church giggles. And also <laughs> like sometimes in acting class, I used, that used to happen to me. <laughs> And I just, it's the worst when you're yeah. like, and like, you're, you're almost crying. <laughs> Do you get yeah. that? I haven't had it that often in theater, but it, when you brought up church giggles, that, that really brought up a memory when I was on my mission, like we're supposed to be the examples to everybody. And, and they, there's this thing they like say quiet dignity, you're supposed to have quiet dignity. Well, there was this one a woman who was very strong personality uh, and she was she played the um the piano in um the women's meeting that we have in basically in sunday school she plays the piano and there's this one song this old old hymn that starts with this like kind of preamble like ding, 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 ding. and and this woman would like really play like she was at a like she was at Carnegie Hall or something like that like really big living in the moment yeah yeah and so this so we had this cute uh we had this woman who is um a a Chinese woman as one of our investigators at this time she was very like sweet and kind and everything and anyway so this this lady she gets up there And our little sweet investigator like jumped up <laughs> in her stairs. Like, and I just I was like, we have to leave right now because I'm gonna lose it. I just got thinking so bad. I was like, I'm crying. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. I'm like, quiet dignity, quiet dignity, quiet dignity. But in that moment, you're just like it catches you unaware sometimes. Yeah. That was, you know, that was really and there's fun. nothing you can do to control it in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Ho, ho, ho. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcasts, especially at Christmas? 
Do you enjoy the holiday previews, recaps, interviews, and bonus episodes? If the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round. But not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies family. Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year. We also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films. As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers. So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies to learn more. That's patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. Yeah, so that was funny. And so she starts talking to Weaver and uh, he actually, he he says, I love that you laughed. I thought I wanted people to laugh there. What's people taking it so seriously? Yeah, I thought this was a really cool thing, a commentary on art and stuff. And he's like, these people don't get it. They're trying to make something out of it that it isn't really. And Mm -hmm. he wanted to, you know, we all have unexpected reactions in the face of tragedy. And the fact that Carrie was talking about how she laughed at her mom's funeral and she's talking about how the coffin's being lowered, but it it wasn't a big enough bowl and it was going to thunk, to thunk. And I think they really can share their grief together, even though we learned that Weaver's grief is kind of complicated because he did not have a great relationship with his brother. Yeah. Yeah. They can definitely relate at least to going through trauma Mm -hmm. for sure. And, and then we have uh, Carrie uh, goes and gets drinks with Adam. And again, it is kind of strange that nobody like bats an eye about. Her. No one's checking the ID. Nobody in this, this alternate reality. Um, we have Sebastian with this older woman. And yeah, Molly Sims is playing this woman, Vicky. And yeah, it's. I don't know. Not my favorite. He's the captain of bad decisions. Yeah. It's just upsetting to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it seems like this woman isn't even like questioning. She doesn't even care. No. Yeah. I'm so uncomfortable with it because she's saying, oh, it's okay. Because, you know, my husband doesn't pay any attention to me. And maybe you could use that as an argument for why you would have an affair, but not why you would take advantage of a 16 or 17 year old kid. I mean, these are, these are very different things. It's like, she doesn't even seem like she's having a moral reckoning with the fact that he is a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. There's no like debate or anything. And then we learned that Adam's dad uh, got really upset with him and he punched him in the face which obviously is not upsetting (laughs) drama. Um, And then, um, and then they make out. Yeah. Adam and Carrie. It looks like, it looks like a good kiss. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, are we feeling almost, how do we feel with Adam and Carrie versus Sebastian and Carrie? 
Oh my gosh. It's so tricky because Austin Butler is a phenomenal actor and I think they have incredible chemistry, but I do think given what they've been through and their miscommunications and lots of things, I'm, I'm actually very pleased to see Carrie with Weaver. How do you feel? Yeah. I mean, it's true. I do think they probably have more in common than Carrie and Sebastian. It feels more like the kind of person that she would be attracted to. I mean, everybody would be attracted to Sebastian, but as far as interests. Yeah. Yeah. So what I am hating that I wanted to get your opinion on, I do not like Maggie having a crush on Sebastian or that even like about to be a thing. I don't like it. It makes me like her less. I just, I don't like it. (laughs) Well, especially after it just like ruined all of her friends, all her, I don't feel like that would be even something she would consider. I mean, she's, she, I think she's legitimately concerned about him when she sees him there with this woman and I think she is kind of legitimately worried about him, but yeah, going beyond that, I think would be really foolish just for her peer group and everything else, but she's also the queen of bad decisions. So I guess it's, that makes some sense. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) So we have Deb coming over with Dylan and boy, yeah, he was a lot. I mean, the thing about it is, so he sees the rubber. Mm -hmm. But I feel like someone his age wouldn't even know what that is. Well, I certainly wouldn't. What is he? He's nine, 10. Yeah. It was interesting what we saw, which was at dinner, such an immature, um, nine-year-old to the point where he doesn't eat anything but tater tots. He's not looking at anyone, not trying to engage and really being a brat and seeming very, very immature. And then this whole situation where he's like talking about going to rat them out for the rubber and like asking to see their J-U-G-G-S. Um, I love how he spelled it with, yeah, how he said it with, with two G's jugs. Um, it didn't seem like the same character. I agree because I I feel like most boys that age are like, ew, girls are gross and stuff like that. Like it's not, it didn't jibe with the, yeah, like you said, the same kid from dinner. And like, I certainly at 10 wouldn't have known what a rubber is. Yeah. And been able to like identify it from just the wrapper. That's for sure. Yeah. The, the whole situation where he was asking to see them, I I was, it made me feel really gross. Yeah. I said, worst kid. <laughs> oh, he's awful. So then Deb is upset with Carrie and Dorrit and she tells the dad that, uh, that he needs to like reprimand them. But <clears throat> the mean, in the meantime, in the meantime, uh, he is on the phone with Uh, he's on the phone with a client he's taking on this very high maintenance client and then Dylan gets on the line and the dad lies about Dylan being his son Uh, and so you know that's going to be a whole mess of of trouble yeah Yeah. I mean not that any like in real life of course you would just say that's sorry that's that's just a guest a visitor right yeah anyway I'm kind of like, bye-bye, Deb. 
bye bye bad kid I don't we don't need you in our lives I liked yeah. her originally like I think I liked her a little bit more than you did but the way she reacted to all this they don't need that in their lives mm-hmm. yeah and 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 I see her point of saying like Carrie and Dorit are both older they're 14 17 I think um so there's that but uh but that still doesn't excuse you know, your child for being completely innocent on all this. So yeah, there was no accountability on her end. Mm -hmm. Uh, so then we also have Walt going on a date with Blake, this guy, Blake, and, uh, and then Bennett gets very jealous of it all. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't even that into Blake. So I wasn't sure why he went the first date. Like the first date. Yeah. yeah. So Bennett says he doesn't want Walt to go on a date with Blake. And Bennett says, I want to be exclusive. I want don't want you to go on a date with anyone except me, which was cute. Yeah, that was cute. That's cute. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by W Rated, the podcast where we willingly watch the world's worst rated movies. Join me, Daisy. And me, Claire, as we break down the IMDb Bottom 100, choosing a different film from the list every episode. We take a deep dive into the plot, production, release and reviews, usually with a special guest, to uncover if these films are truly as bad as everyone says they are. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Good Pods and anywhere else you find your podcasts. Adam's upset because his brother was like the perfect one um and he says his death made made me uh his death made me and I didn't I don't even miss him because uh because of his brother's death like he got opportunities and other things like that he was kind of the the new um the new favorite son sort of um, and so he feels very guilty and he says, that makes me a monster, doesn't it? Yeah, I, it's really great to see him opening up to Carrie about really deep, difficult things, because I think that Sebastian had a hard time doing that. And Carrie craves that kind of mm-hmm. intimacy. Yeah. I mean, and they both been, they both can relate to that thing of the person that you love dying. And then like, how do you move on? How do you deal with it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she decides to not do the interview. And I feel like while I agree that I, I think it's good that she decided not to do it. I do feel like there was probably some kind of middle ground at this point with the relationship with Adam where you could talk about things like laughing at the inappropriate moment or just talk about the play or his, his writing where you wouldn't necessarily have to get into all this about uh, the more personal stuff. Uh, I mean, I guess that's what Larissa wants, but Larissa is very upset with her for not getting the interview and, and uh, frustrated. Yeah, I agree. I think she could have very honestly been like, hey, I really like you. I won't write this if you don't want me to because that's not what it's about anymore. But what could you give me so that I can give my boss something that she likes. And are you willing yeah. to work through this with me? I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there, there could have been some midway points and that would have still worked with the relationship, but, but, you know, they always, in these kinds of shows, so always, it's, it's always uh, black or white, you know, there's never any middle ground. <laughs> For sure. Mm-hmm. 
so yeah, this one I would give a, hmm, I think I'd give it a 7.5. Yeah, I'd probably give this one an 8.5. I, I love when she's having adventures in the city and I love the sort of downtown theater scene. So I had a really mm-hmm. good time with this one, but definitely a half a point off for jugs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So then we have uh, episode five. We have too close for comfort. And this one is Carrie spends an exciting day in the city with playwright Adam Weaver. Samantha, who booked a new job as a nude art model, takes matters into her own hands when she sees a student painting she doesn't like. Sebastian finds support in surprising places when his mother announces she is marrying her tennis instructor boyfriend. Elsewhere, the attempts of Dort's boyfriend to get closer to her dad uh, backfire. Overall, what do you think of this one? Well, this one was a big deal because Carrie lost her virginity. And I thought that that was an interesting, you know, really iconic moment for this TV series mm-hmm. because then she goes on to have a career talking all about her sex life. Yeah. Um, I thought it was also a lot of fun for uh, Carrie and Dorit's dad to be interacting with well, Carrie's ex-boyfriend now and Dorit's boyfriend. I thought we got to see some really interesting, fun things going on there. Mm-hmm. And then just on the deeper side of things, we saw Carrie really wrestling with how she was going to let go and shut the door on her relationship with Sebastian. So some, some deeper things going on there too. So I really enjoyed this episode mm-hmm. a lot. What did you think of it? Yeah, I thought it was overall pretty good. I think it's a little surprising that they picked even as charming as Weaver is that they picked him because I think he's in four episodes. You know, you just expect for that like monumental moment to be with frankly with Sebastian. Yeah. And so it's a little surprising, but I do think they have really good chemistry and you know, you can feel it. I also do think it's a little weird as we've talked about many times that every single character in this show lost their virginity to older person, every single one. Oh, right. I didn't even think about how old Weaver is. I mean, yeah. I mean, I just assume he's, he's, I mean, he's got this play. Yeah. He's definitely over 18 for sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like every single one, Mouse, Maggie. Yeah. Dorit. <laughs> Sebastian. Probably they're all. Sebastian. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we start out learning that Carrie's favorite Muppet is Gonzo. So I have to ask you, do you have a favorite Muppet? Miss Piggy, hands down. I yeah. love her so much. <laughs> what about you? Um, I do love the Muppets every year on my, on my channel, Rachel's Reviews. I do Muppet May and I've been doing now for a year. So we're getting to like more obscure stuff because yeah. it's been, I think this is the sixth year I've done it every week. So you should check that out coming up. Uh, but my favorite Muppet, I mean, I do love big bird. And if you're going the Sesame street kind of era, but, um, uh, but yeah, Miss Piggy, um, I love a Swedish chef. That's one of my favorites. Yes. <laughs> so good. That so funny. <laughs> I love, I, I love the Muppets, but you can't go wrong with Miss Piggy. She's so funny. She's so funny. I love how much she loves Kermie. Yes. Well, and in, in, with Gonzo, it's fun. Cause he is in love with, with Camilla, the chicken. That's funny. yeah. Yeah. And I did think it was fun to hear 
Carrie and Weaver talking about deep things and silly fun things. Yeah. Like they just have a lot in common. They they think the other person is endlessly fascinating and that's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really liked that whole scene where they're at this big party. There's like the bed in the, cause it's like a studio apartment of some kind with a big party yeah. and they're sitting on the bed and everybody kind of floats away. It's like they're the only two people in the room. And like, I've never really been in love, but like, it's definitely the, I've definitely had moments of connection with people where I felt like we were the only people in the room. And I, I feel like that's sort of the ideal is that, is that you get kind of lost in the moment with the person that you're talking to. Yeah. And I like that they definitely put their emotional connection ahead of their physical one. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be another kind of comparison in a way to burger. Yeah. Cause that yeah. was definitely more of a, an emotional mental connection more. I mean, they, they were attracted to each other, but yeah. it was really the, them both being writers. That was their connection. Um, so we find out that, uh, that, um, we find out that Samantha is, uh, is doing this nude modeling and, uh, she sees all of the, she sees all of the paintings and one has a broken heart. And of course, you know, she's concerned about that. Uh-huh. What did you think of Samantha in this? Um, I had a friend who used to, a guy friend that when he, he's an actor and when he moved to New York, he was doing new modeling and he loved it. I thought, Samantha, number one, I respect her hustle of doing this job that she gets a lot of joy from, but also she's living at this art studio. And I thought it was interesting that she assumed that this broken heart was a judgment on her rather than a reflection of the person who painted it. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. that maybe she does have that about herself that she's self-conscious about it. Yeah. Cause when she's finally with this guy, then she learns that it didn't have anything to do with her. No. <laughs> and I didn't think it did. I actually didn't think it did until she thought it did. I was like, oh, he's probably going through something, but mm-hmm. she assumed it was about her. Yeah. Yeah. My mom is actually a, uh, a artist. I guess she, 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 a couple times a week, she goes for art training. She used to go every day before the pandemic and, uh, she has this whole studio at the house. And so she's, she's gone to many sessions, you know, with people modeling and things like that. And, and it's all very respectable and yeah, yeah you know, it's how you learn. You got to yeah. learn how to, how to capture the body. If you're going to be a successful painter yeah, or artist of any kind. So yeah, you kind of, it, it, it's kind of like when I was, when I was swimming in high school, like we got really, or even in open water, we get really used to the speedos. It doesn't even yeah. like phase you after a while. It's not cause it's not like sexual at all. You're just exercising. <laughs> like you're not, right. like it's, it's just, it's uh, like, I'd have pictures and with people and, and they would be like, oh, this is a, a you know, a speedo. And I'm like, oh yeah, I guess it is. Like, like oh yeah, it's, yeah. it's not. I'm not like attracted to them in those situations. We're just exercising and doing swimming. I think it's kind of the same thing with the painting. Yeah. I think scenarios are quite important of the, the mind frame that you're in. And I mean, and Samantha certainly wants to sexualize this a bit, but it's not something that necessarily needs to be that way. 
Well, I don't, I don't think that she wants to sexually as far as like the modeling part of it, but, but as far as the, like, maybe she does a little bit because she's concerned when this person paints tragic Samantha. <laughs> yeah, I guess, but, but, uh, but she, she doesn't see it as anything kind of scandalous. That's right. Sure. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies merch store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. So Carrie uh, is debating about whether she should tell Weaver that she's a virgin um, then also that uh, he's he's writing the play about his ex. So they kind of have both have these kind of secret agendas a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understood why he didn't want to share his work, but I also understand why that made Carrie more paranoid. But then I, I thought the conversation that they have where he was like, oh, I'm not still in touch with her and I have no desire to be. I thought was interesting because that illuminated a lot more and then had Carrie thinking, well, maybe I shouldn't have promised Sebastian that I would go to his mom's wedding with him. Yes. Yeah. So Sebastian's mom is getting married to this tennis instructor. So he says that he says to Carrie, I want to talk to your dad because of the situation. And she, he wants his mom to get this guy to sign a prenup. Um, but uh, the dad says, I'm not a family lawyer. And, and so I'll give you these recommendations and they have kind of a nice moment uh, together. And, uh, and then, uh, the, it turns out the mom's not doing the prenup and that's when Carrie agrees to go to the wedding. I also really like how Tom said, I misjudged you. You were taken advantage of by your mm-hmm. teacher. And I think that it's good to hear that acknowledgement. Yeah. And then we also have that Miller has become the suffocator. Oh, I, I know. know. Miller. Actor <laughs> and Donna LaDonna called it out. She's like, mm-hmm. girl, I see it. Donna was cracking me up in this episode. Yes. Because so Miller is getting like jealous of this nerd guy. He says his hitting on Dorrit. And then he becomes like BFFs with, uh, with her dad. Yeah. Just hanging out. <laughs> Yeah. Her dad invites him to sleep over because he's getting Miller is getting work done on his family home. And it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And so she says that Miller curdled, that he was great until he curdled. And I, I guess for me, I don't even think that teens that young should be even having serious one-on-one relationships. Like I would encourage if it was my teenager, I would encourage them to group date yeah. If you, if you want to have a boyfriend, girlfriend, like that's fine. But like, this has gotten incredibly serious and physical and everything very fast. Um, so I, that if I was a parent, I would be very concerned. My, 
very young daughter, um, you know, doing, do, having this intense relationship, because where is it going to go? Like, what's yeah. the point? That's, that's where I just like, you're having these really grown up feelings yeah. and experiencing these really grown up things. And w- then what are you going to do with that? You know, like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's just asking for trouble. Yeah. And I mean, it's interesting that maybe because of the way it accelerated so fast, it's like Dorit doesn't really seem to have any desire to work it out or anything like that either. Yeah. She gives up on it pretty quick. Yeah. Burned brightly and it went out quickly. Yeah. So then we have, uh, we have mouse being jealous. Um, and then, uh, jealous of West making it into homecoming, uh, with, with, uh, Donna, right? Yeah. Wes and Donna homecoming yeah. queen and king. You, we, they're not interested in each other. And I think, no. I think Mouse knows that. And then he reassures her, but I think she also just feels like a nerd compared to him. Yeah. 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 I agree. That was cute. Yeah. And then we have, uh, that Weaver says it's okay if you're still, you know, communicating with your ex, but you wonder if that's really true. Yeah. And uh, then, um, and then, then Weaver uh, reads Carrie's journal, which is yeah, super rude. I mean, I do like that he was so. I'm not excusing his behavior, but he was very apologetic and I thought he was going to get mad about what he found, but instead he just wants to know more and was a little concerned. Um, Definitely not cool, Weaver, especially because you know what it's like to have boundaries about your writing, but I, I understand that temptation. You kind of wonder though, why did she bring her journal? Why didn't she just leave it at home? Yeah. But I guess they were trying to get the conflict because now they've been together, lost her virginity to him, things are going really well. And then it's like, okay, you don't trust me. And we know that Carrie has major trust issues going yeah. even into the show. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And and so then Carrie forgets about uh Sebastian because they're they she stays with Weaver. Um, and but I guess she calls Mouse notifies her somehow she missed her train so then i guess she calls mouse to go and meet sebastian so that someone Mm -hmm. that was very sweet i liked that that was nice and so then west says to mouse says no matter how many people like you it's the quality of the relationships that matter not the quantity yeah yeah they're they're adorable yeah it's really cute really cute because there are some people that for some reason just really struggle in making friends. Yeah. Um, I'd say like my mom has, has always kind of struggled to make friends. She's never been one of those people that's had like, I don't know, the knitting groups or the book clubs or whatever. And then she has, you know, friends uh, like you see, um, she's friendly of course. And she's great of course, but I don't know. There's just, there's just certain people who always have kind of a hive around them. And then other people that, really struggle to make friends for some reason. And I don't know why that's the case. I mean, I've, I've definitely am somebody who's always had kind of the hive around me. Yeah. 
have always had a group of friends. I mean, that was probably one of the hardest things about the pandemic uh, was I didn't realize how much like seeing people at the movie screening, seeing people at church, seeing that kind of thing, like really did boost my spirits Yeah, because I work alone. I, I didn't think it would be that hard, but it was that hard. Uh, And, uh, and, but even if you don't have like a a lot of friends, it's the quality of the friends that really matter because, because, you know, that's where people, when you need somebody, they're going to be there for you just like with mouse. Yeah. And I think that it's great to see her West connecting because they have, again, it's sort of like Carrie with Weaver where they have so much in common that it's not just an initial attraction. Like, you know, there's much more than that beneath the surface. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. That's this episode. I would say this is a pretty strong episode. I didn't love the Dorit stuff as much as, because uh, it just felt like this is too much for this young of a, of yeah. a character. That's the problem. I and mean, if she's really 14, I don't know. It's just too much to have these like super intense relationships. I don't feel like that's real for like 99% of people. Yeah. Yeah. Even my, my best friend, she married her high school sweetheart, but not 14. 14. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, I, I'd still give this one maybe a nine. I think it's a really good episode. Yeah. I'd probably give this one. I actually like the one before it a little bit better. So I'd probably give this one an eight, but I still think that like this duo of episodes was, was very strong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let us know if you've seen these episodes, what you think. We'd love to hear your thoughts in the comment section or on Twitter. And you can find us at City Girls Pod on Twitter. And we try to post anything we hear about Sex in the City on there. So make sure you're following us. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Check that out. And Jax, where can people find you? Jacqueline C. Tweets on Twitter and Jacqueline Collier on Instagram. Great. And make sure you're following Hallmarkies Pod and Hallmarkies Podcast on social media. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews five stars. It really helps us a lot. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group, which is the best way that you can support the pod. It's only a couple of dollars a month and you get watch alongs and month- weekly exclusive reviews and lots of other great benefits. So please take a look at that. And we also have the merch store where you can get City Girls Pod merch. So check that out. And uh, thanks so much, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.